Welcome to the Jennings Wire online magazine podcast series where we feature interviews with top authors and experts. My name is Stacey Emerald Kaufman. I'm the radio director of Annie Jennings PR, the national firm behind the online feature magazine sensation JenningsWire.com, a special community of bloggers and podcasters that is capturing the heart of America. There's nothing like it on the web, and we invite you to visit JenningsWire.com to discover the blogger that is just right for you. And today's guest is Beth Caldwell. She's author of the new book, Smart Leadership, 12 Strategies to Help You Shift from Ineffective Boss to Brilliant Leader. Beth is currently on tour, speaking at workshops nationwide, and helping others become the brilliant leaders that they were meant to be. So welcome, Beth. Thank you for being here. I'm glad to be here. Thank you, Stacey. Now, let's talk about what makes a bad boss, because I know you have a personal experience that helps you figure that out. So, you know, I don't know that there's a school that teaches us how to be brilliant leaders. I don't know that there are classes like that. But when I'm traveling around and speaking and meeting people all over the country, I when I talk about, has anybody ever worked for a bad boss? And, you know, unanimously, all the hands go up. And uh, so, so for me, my training, um, not only was I was a bad boss, but I also worked for a lot of bad bosses. And when I was young in my career, my, my supervisors and, and bosses and leaders in my company would do things, and I would say, oh, if that was me, I would never do that. I would just handle it in a totally different way. And so that's sort of how I came about a lot of these nuggets in this book. Um, and that, that was sort of my training. So, Beth, what are some of those things that make uh, a boss not, you know, a a good boss, a bad boss? Well, typically, uh, uh, when you work as a boss, uh, you choose to be responsible for all the tasks, either because you don't trust your staff to do as good of a job as you do or because you want credit. And a lot of times, Stacey, this isn't even something that somebody's absolutely aware of. Uh, they're not maybe doing it intentionally, uh, but... Uh, the problem is, is that when you're working as a boss, you're working alone. And when you run out of time, energy, and all of your resources, you're exhausted. And you have a dysfunctional team that can't operate without you. So uh, a leader versus a boss, a leader works as a team and embraces having other people help them. You know, a lot of my audience is women, and a lot of women that I work with just have trouble letting go of responsibilities and passing responsibilities on to others. That's a, yeah. that's a symptom of a bad boss, mm-hmm. <laughs> even if it mm-hmm. may not be intentional. And and what are some of the biggest problems that organizations are facing today besides the bad boss problem? So I think that a, a big part, a big problem that organizations are facing is that they hire people or they promote people who are really good at doing their jobs. So if somebody's really good, let's just pick an example. We'll say hair salon. I think everybody who's listening today has been or visited a hair salon. Uh, so somebody who's really good at cutting hair might be moved up to being a manager. And just because they're really good at cutting hair doesn't mean they have the skills to hire people, fire people, uh, talk to the media, uh, arrange for, you know, building maintenance and, and supervisory things. And so they, they have the wrong person in the wrong position. I think that whether you're a company of two people, one person, or 2,000 people, this is a universal issue where uh, people get put into positions because they're good at something and they're not trained to be a leader. Everybody can be a leader, um, but they're not in the right position for them. What happens is when you have the wrong people doing the wrong jobs, 
it becomes a poison in your in your company or in your um in your department of your company will say per- perhaps and things begin to become dysfunctional you know i uh, uh, i had heard this quote before i'm not sure who it is that said it but people don't quit companies people quit people and if hmm. you think about this if you've ever quit a job or hated going to work usually wasn't the work that you hated it was your boss or your coworkers that you hated or that you hated to work with or you hated to go to. And so this is, I think, the most toxic problem in a company is not having uh, a positive workplace and having the right people in the right positions. Beth, that leads me to my next question because I was going to ask you about how unhappy people can ruin a company. And I was just listening to you and thinking, well, if you are uh, the wrong person in the wrong position, you don't feel like you're uh, you know, you, you're able to do your job, you're not happy going to work, you're not looking forward to it. And so, you know, that it can be a huge domino effect, can it? It absolutely can. You know, our attitudes are contagious. And I, I don't know why it is, but negative attitudes are much more contagious than positive attitudes. And I, I'll ask people when I'm speaking in front of a group, I'll say, have you ever worked with a, a uh, I call them negative Nally, negative Nellies or negative Nancy or uh, um, uh, cranky Charlie. You know, everybody's like, oh, yeah, like they remember that. But if you try to think about it in your experiences, you know, the bosses who've been wonderful to you or the really positive coworkers, you remember them. But you don't remember them as deeply as you remember the painful and negative experiences. And so, uh, so one unhappy person can poison an entire team, and it can happen really, really quickly. And the problem is is that managers and leaders and, and people in general, they kind of like to avoid negative situations. They don't like to deal with conflict. So they pretend like it's not happening or they avoid it. And it's sort of like a weed growing in your garden. It doesn't get smaller. <laughs> when you don't mm-hmm. pay attention to it, it gets bigger and stronger and more powerful. And uh, so one of the things that I, I – encourage is that as soon as you see a problem, deal with it immediately, because these situations usually don't get better with time. And Beth, what would be the first step to someone becoming a brilliant leader? What can people do today to start that? Well, I'm glad you asked that question, Stacey, because a lot of companies think that in order to improve or turn around their workplace, they have to hire a very expensive consulting firm and spend tens of thousands of dollars and do reports and do research and make plans and have meetings. And I'm here to tell you, well, that may be something that's necessary for your work. There are a couple things you can do immediately. Uh, first of all, look around your office and, and look around your office as um, a newcomer, somebody who has just walked in the door. We are so busy today. I don't know anybody who doesn't have a big pile of work to do in any position that they have. And we get really used to coming into our offices and we begin to not see the condition of our office. And, uh, you know, I visited a company once that hired me recently, hired me to come in. And everybody in the, in the company had a bad attitude. And, and I walked into the company and everybody did have a bad attitude. That was true. They were so busy. Their phones were just ringing, 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 ringing. And as I looked around the office, there were boxes and boxes of paper and catalogs and things that needed to be put away. There was dust on everything. The pictures on the wall were really old. And it's not that these people were disorganized or even sloppy. It was just that they were too busy and they weren't paying attention. 
And the first very simple thing that you can do is clean up your office space. Make it a positive place to be in. And, and I'm not saying we need to play yoga music and meditate. I know some people like to do that. That's not necessary. I think having a positive, clean work environment with beautiful lighting, um, uh, lovely decor, it doesn't have to be terribly expensive. And it doesn't have to take a lot of time. And uh, I think we can all do that in our lives, in our cars, in our homes, in our offices. I think mm-hmm. it sort of spreads around. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, I think that's a great first place uh, to start for everyone to try and become the brilliant leader that uh, you know you can be. So I want to thank you, Beth, for, for being here with us and imparting your wisdom on becoming a brilliant oh. leader. We really appreciate it. Well, that's great. Have a great day, everyone. And uh, just just remember, everybody can be a brilliant leader. And just take one step at a time and uh, just make the decision that you want to be a positive person in a positive workplace. All right, great. And our listeners can learn more about Beth Caldwell, her book, Smart Leadership, and her Leadership Academy, and her website, which is smart-leadership.net. That's smart-leadership.net, not .com. And books are available, of course, everywhere. Books are sold, online, and so on. And you can connect with Beth on the website, Facebook, or LinkedIn to invite her to teach a leadership workshop in your city. So thanks again, Beth. Thank you. Thanks, everyone. Bye-bye. This podcast is presented by Annie Jennings of the National Publicity Firm. Annie Jennings PR, the creator of Jenningswear Online Magazine. Jenningswear is capturing the heart of America with its rich community of talented, insightful, and relevant bloggers and podcasters. So please visit JenningsWire.com and discover the blogger that's just right for you. Till next time.